Welcome in to Adam's Plus One, where, as you know, my plus one is always a star of the show. I'm just here to make sure that we somewhat stay on track. We've got an exciting, talented individual in today on episode five, and his name is Tyler, and we confirmed it, Tyler Evan Babb. Hello. Welcome in, Tyler. Welcome. Thank you, you for you joining. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Welcome, everybody. Well, Tyler, I've been excited about this. We chatted in the hallway for like five or ten minutes. Yeah. I had to kind of cut myself off because I didn't want to dive too much in without being recording. Please tell everyone, give us just a background of who you are, what you're about. Yes, uh, I am the master of the universe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am a 3D motion graphics, 2D motion graphics artist slash visual effects artist is kind of what I would categorize myself now. Um, but I've been studying filmmaking for like 22 years. And so filmmaker slash producer slash VFX guru slash editor kind of dip my toes in all things filmmaking. Yeah. And if, if you notice to all my listeners, that's exactly why I had him introduce himself because we were in the hallway and I said, you're like a filmmaker. You're like a videographer. And you kind of smirked and said, well, it's a little more complex than that. And I said, right. you know what, when we go on air, you say that. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, we got different avenues, right? And people say filmmaker and like, yes, like if I decided and eventually someday I will make a film and but it's like that's a very specific thing. They're, like these words mean very specific things. And so right now, currently for my career and my job, 2D, 3D visual effects and motion graphics is what I do uh, for my job. So, Well, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Thank you very much. Again, like I said, super pumped. I want to jump in with, with just opening it up right to the point. When did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Well, I say filmmaking, but when did you know? Like was there a specific moment when you were growing up or did you always know, like, take me through that process? Mm -hmm. Well, if we go back 22 years ago, um, we talked about Harry Potter right before we went on. We did. And that there was a, there's a very, 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 very specific moment that I remember. Um, it was a couple – it was the summer before the movie came out. The movie came out in November of 2001. So um, the trailer – I had rented a movie from Blockbuster through the tape, you know, VHS tape. This is going – Way back to date us. Man, we're dating ourselves here. I love it. Um, I popped the, the tape in, and it was a, it was actually Good Burger is what I rented, if we want to <laughs> be very specific. I remember this day very, very well. Good. And um, which they just announced a sequel of that on Paramount Plus. So if anyone's a Good Burger fan, there you go. Oh, yeah. um, so I popped that in, and the first – so there's the teaser trailer, and then there's the theatrical trailer. The first theatrical trailer for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came on, and it was that opening shot where it's Diagon Alley and it's the wide shot and Harry and Hagrid are walking down Diagon Alley and there's all the wizards and like the, the owl flies through the frame and everything. Um, and once that, once that John Williams music came on and once that trailer hit, there was something about that moment. But that, that was the moment where I was like, I want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't know. Like, I remember that very clearly because growing up, like I was kind of an average student in terms of grades. Um, didn't really play any sports. Right. I'm not super athletic and like, so I didn't really fit in anywhere. So I was trying to figure out like, what, what, who am I, right. you know, like where, where do I fit in? And for some reason when that trailer popped on, it was like, Oh, there it is. That's awesome. Like, that's what I want to do. And so like, and then that got me attached to Harry Potter. And then as the, what's cool is our, basically our childhood and our adolescence and my ex exploration of filmmaking happened as the movies were being released basically throughout our childhood. Right. So I always had Harry Potter to go back to and kind of push me 
and get me more excited for filmmaking. So it's it, it was a cool journey, and yeah, but that that's the moment. That's awesome. I think that what that reminds me of is the reason I'm such a Bears fan and such a huge Bears fan mm-hmm. is that the first year I watched football was Brian Urlacher's um, rookie year. So yeah. as his career went, I was seven years old, right? So it's like I followed his career. I love defense. I love watching that style of football. Yeah. So you knew what you wanted to do, and you had the Harry Potter movies to to guide you. Is there a person that you know, or just maybe even someone that could be producer? Who has it inspired you the most along your journey since since that time frame? Um, there's a lot. Totally, I would say Sam Raimi, the director of the first the first three Spider Man movies, were huge. Um, obviously, Steven Spielberg, I think, is a huge um, inspiration. And there's I don't know. There's just a lot of there's a lot of filmmakers from back then. But I would definitely say Sam Raimi, Christopher Nolan, obviously making the Dark Knight trilogy. You know, in middle from middle school into high school, there that was a huge inspiration. Um, what about in your personal life yeah. with in your my, family and in my personal life? Um, I have an uncle who is a glass artist. Um, he blows glass for a living, and he he's an incredible artist and does things with glass that like nobody can do. Um, and I would say that he is a huge inspiration for me, um, just because my family's not full of creative people, but he and I are probably the most creative people in our family. And so having him, seeing him explore his art definitely allowed me to feel comfortable in exploring my passion for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When, when, so when you were, when you were, yeah, watch that movie, you're going through high school. Did you know that you were going to study that too? Like that's what you were going to college for? Oh yeah. So when you were going through the process, which, where did you go to college? Uh, Columbia College, Chicago. And then I went to uh, Flashpoint, which is a kind of a sister school to Columbia College, Hollywood. Gotcha. And so I ended up getting my bachelor's degree from Columbia College, Hollywood, technically. And what did you get your bachelor's in? Uh, it's uh, bachelor's of science, uh, basically post-production. Cool. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So if I were a person that had never seen any of your work, right, mm-hmm. none of it, and then I came up to you and said, hey, like, how would you describe your style of editing, of filmmaking, how would you describe your style to them in layman's terms, right? For the, the average person, what would yeah. you what would you say? What words would you use? It's it's interesting because, and you know, you gave me the questions beforehand, and I tried to think about this, but I, I don't necessarily know if I have a style because I'm definitely more of a behind the scenes guy, right? Right. I like to take pieces and to be the guy that's going to be like, all right, we have this vision, we have this thing. Like, if a director can come to me or whatever, like I'll help figure out how to make that happen. I don't know if I have a style necessarily in terms of what I do just because my whole life I've had to kind of adapt to a bunch of different things. Like I've, I've filmed stuff before I've cut stuff before I've done some sound design. Like I kind of jump all over the place. And so I wouldn't really say that I have a style yet. So once we start exploring and once we start like, cause I want to start producing films and actually maybe directing films in the future and kind of going that way. But the last, a lot majority of my filmmaking career has just been kind of learning a bunch of stuff basically which is huge because one of my best friends his name's caven shout out caven he'll see this i'm sure he also is in is in filmmaking and mm-hmm. videography right and we would talk a lot because i pick his brain a ton and he said man if you can just be on set like as a producer as you know a director of a movie yeah. you need someone that's in charge of lighting right yep and they need to that's all they do is lighting mm-hmm. you have another person sounds they're only on sounds, right? Yeah. But with with your experience, it sounds like you're getting pieces of so many different parts of a project yeah. behind the scenes yeah. that when you do become a producer or a filmmaker, when you you're going to be prepared, would you say? Uh, yes. It's you know I think a lot of people kind of pick one avenue, right, and they stick to that. 
But I think that has definitely changed over the last 10 to six years or whatever. A lot more people with the invention of YouTube and with the invention of social media, a lot of people are like dipping their toes in a bunch of different areas of filmmaking. Whereas before it was much more, um, there were gatekeepers, right? Like the software wasn't as available and, um, it was harder to get in harder in quotes to get into the industry, right? It's this whole thing of like, Oh, you must, you need to know somebody in order to like, that's totally done with though. Gone, that's huh, gone. Yeah. And so I think, and that was the time that I came up in, you know, we went to, when we went to college, when we left high school there, YouTube was not what it is today, but it was like, it was starting to be that there right. were a lot of filmmaking tutorials popping up. There was a lot of like, you can learn it yourself. And like, that's what I had to navigate because my whole, basically my whole childhood, I was learning. Like I was doing very early, terrible green screen and like, there were no <laughs> tutorials for that. And like, it was, it looked like garbage, but like we did it every weekend. And, um, so but you got reps in, you were getting repetitions in. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we were, we were putting those hours in and so, but we were fighting that and that was, it's like, do I need this degree or do I just go learn it on my own? So, and I've always been in that kind of in that, that in between space where it's like, I am much more of a self-taught person. Um, but I also, I mean, I respect the, you know, the going to college and doing all that stuff. And yeah. If you were giving advice to someone right now, senior year, junior year of high school, same passion as you, they loved Harry Potter, everything, right? Mm -hmm. Everything you just said about yourself, like almost like you're talking to yourself from then, mm -hmm. but they were growing up in this time period. Would you tell them you get one of, one of two options? One, go to college Two, just go do it. What would you do? What would you tell them? Um, if you already know people in the industry, if you have connections, that are able to push you in a direction um, that you want to go. I would say, yeah, go to college, get the degree and then link up with those connections that you already have. Um, if you're in high school, make those connections, reach out to people on Instagram, um, reach out to people on, well, I don't know about Twitter anymore, but um, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. Um, but make connections early on. That's what I, that's what I wish I would have known because as soon as, it's early years of high school. Like I would have been reaching out and trying to make connections very early on, but I didn't have any guidance back then. So definitely do that. And then if you have support, if you are um, financially able to go to college, do it. Um, but you, but if you don't, and if you're going to get into the, if you're going to get into debt, be prepared for that. Um, but if you don't have any kind of support for the college, I would say, skip it. You don't really need it in order to um, quote unquote, be successful in the industry, I guess. And success is different for everybody. So, right. Yeah. We, we all define success differently. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. You're a creative person. You are a creator. Do you have a specific creative process? And if you do, what does it look like? Or maybe you don't. And how does, what does that look like? How do you attack it? Uh, it depends on the project. Right. Um, so I'm a very, I'm a visual person. Um, you know, some people are writers and, and they write stuff. Um, I'm, I've always been a visual person. So if say we're developing a music video or something, um, we make an outline, right? A text, you know, a text document, we make an outline, but then we immediately go into storyboard phase where we put, sorry, where we put visuals into visuals to the words, right? Because that like, you have to get it as quickly as possible from the written word to the visual language of filmmaking or whatever. Um, so I immediately would take whatever script it is and put it into a storyboard format and then you cut an animatic to it. So then you take those boards and you put it in the system and you actually, you can cut the film or whatever the project is, you should be able to cut that all with just your storyboards. And you do that for free. That costs no money. So it's before you spend any money at all, you can cut your thing. 
and you can see how it's working and you can see the pacing and you, you know what I'm saying? So you're able to figure out everything you need to in terms of the pacing and the angles, maybe not necessarily entirely, but you can, you can have kind of an overview of what you're going to do. And then you know where to spend, like it kind of dictates what you need. It's like, okay, we need this for, in terms of budget and it just helps you. And then you go from there. Beautiful. In that one, one particular music video instance, I guess. Great yeah. example. Do you have a mentor in this in your in your on your journey? Someone that you've kind of tagged tagged you know tagged along with and, right. and has maybe a little ahead of you along the um, way, or what would you say? I, to I would that? say no, no. Okay, I I would say no. I just haven't really found that person. Yeah, um, maybe someday. Okay, but, cool. But yeah, it just it just hasn't happened. If uh, again, someone doesn't know you, it, I know before we talked more on the what's your style like. This would be more on your talent, talent and skill that you've mm-hmm. developed. Mm-hmm. What are you known best for? Like, if I came up to you and said, "Tyler, like, what's your bread and butter?" Right. I think for most people, it'd probably be my editing or my VFX slash like motion graphics work is probably what I'm best known for and kind of what I've put the most time into. And like I said, it's evolved over time, but I think that's kind of where my passion is. Okay. It's more, and that's kind of what I want to do in the future is do more. Um, VFX, do more um, 3D animation, uh, product animation, stuff like that. Motion graphics and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. nice. Very nice. Pretty awesome. So earlier, we before we got on here, I was asking Tyler, what does he do today? Because remember, this, we want this to be relaxed. You know, it's not all just questions, drilling you with questions. And he said he was cleaning shit. So yeah. is that a normal weekend for you? Just like, what what is a Saturday in the life of... Tyler Evan Bab look like like Saturday and Sunday. What's Saturday? Like? Saturday and Sunday. Usually in the morning I clean and then um, I sit at my desk and we're either prepping something. So uh, we do these creative weekend live streams now. On but my, you got one going on tonight on my YouTube channel. Yep, we got one going on tonight. Cool. Um, where we kind of sit down and we create a VFX scene or a VFX shot or whatever kind of motion graphics thing. Um, right now we are doing a Ninja Turtles themed. <laughs> shot That's awesome. <laughs> so we have leonardo in the and we're building the, right like our last episode we just kind of built the basic geometry of the alley and like i'm gonna turn it into an actual scene so i got the um so something has happened to his brothers right and he's looking over the manhole and there i want some sort of glow to come out of the manhole and then we'll cut to a different shot and then maybe like the foot soldiers will come down and then like i don't know he we might do some like very stylistic frames right and and then he'll like take out the foot soldiers and then, so once we do that, we'll render the shots and then we'll bring it into sound design. We'll do the sound design. We'll cut it together and we'll make a whole sequence. But yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How many, when you say we, can you define for the listeners who's we, how many people, what's that, what's so, that look like? When I say we, I'm talking about, so me, and then I might have some guests come on cool. um, to join me. Any frequents? Uh, no. No? We're literally on episode two of the, okay. of, of the series. Gotcha. Um, I got my buddy Matt coming on tonight though. What's Matt known for? Is he is he a pretty uh, talented guy or Matt is a teacher. Okay. And uh he does his own podcast as well. Awesome. On pop culture and toy collecting. So. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Very awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what a weekend looks like. You have a setup at home that's pretty pretty built, or is it Yeah, I mean I got a desk with some monitors, you know. How many monitors you got? I only got well, I got one in my laptop right now. Okay, cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Because yeah. I it's, work from home, a, so I've got like fifteen it feels a, like. Yeah, I got a pretty big monitor. And I'm just like, oh, huh. do, I, do I need two big monitors? I don't know about that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Question about Harry Potter. Oh boy. Because you got me, you got me thinking right before we went on, I almost asked you and I was like, no, I'm going to save that for when Yash, my man, Yash, who's let's just give a shout out to Yash. Do this guy Here's brings Yash. us in here. Get that applause. His studio guys always crushing it over there. Yash. Also, if you have any questions, man, like feel free. Like I, 
this is a this is a perfect person for you to jump in, <laughs> ask some questions too. Yash, so, well, Yash has stories too. He has great stories. Yeah, Yash is Yash is as Yash is as melded into my story as anybody. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so and so going back to the Harry Potter thing. So this was a question I was going to ask you before we hit record. Is you read the books, which I asked Tyler if he read the books, and he looked at me like he's about to hit me. Like, dude, I'm a real Harry Potter fan. Of course I read the books, guy. I have not read the books. But what? give me a few things that happened in the books that you didn't see in the movies that you wish – like where did they get it? Oh, where, where Were there any gaps that you were not – you were disappointed in maybe like because you read the books? Yes. So the, the big two I think are – so in the sixth movie – this is, well, here we go. You're going to get, you are going to get me into some crazy. Hell yeah. That's why we're here. Hey, you open this box. So I am happy go. to dude. The sixth movie missed the mark entirely um, because they decided it was, I don't understand this, but if you watch it, it's pretty much a romantic comedy. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. what they, it's what they build it as. And it's like, uh, and it is like, it's the penultimate technically installment before we go into the final chapters. And it just missed the mark entirely. It's like, the fifth one built it up pretty well. The fourth, you know, the fourth one he comes back and it's like, oh, he. I don't know if we can swear, but like, oh, Go for it. oh shit, he's back, and um, and then we, you know, we build up to the fifth one and it's like, oh, he's got the prophecy, and then they just, where's that skirt thing? Do that, do that little record scratch. That's exactly how it feels when we get the sixth one and they're like romantic comedy. Here we go, and it's just like I hated that. I was like, this is not funny. This is this is supposed to be serious. We're supposed to build up the threat. And in the books, there's a ton of backstory of Voldemort and his childhood and like how he was how his father like mistreated him because he you know, it's like the the mudblood and his it basically explores his backstory and his hatred for for muggles. Right. And we get none of that. We and, just know in the movies he doesn't like them. Right. That's it's it. just like it's cut to the chase. This dude doesn't like people. Yeah. And he's a snake face. And it's like so that pissed me off because you missed the mark entirely with the tone. It just it, the tone of the book and the tone of the movie are completely different because they were like, "Oh, they're sixteen, right? They're starting to have feelings." And for, they're thinking what are, they start right. thinking about the audience, right? As it, opposed to the book, maybe exactly. Who's consistent. Hermione going to pick, Ron or Harry? Like none of the, 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 the. which realistically, I don't. I didn't read the books, but was it ever even a conversation in the books? Like, did she like both of them? Mm, no, I, don't know. I think it was always going to be Ron. Okay, but I. Th- Early, early on, I think it, we weren't sure. Right. But then, yeah, especially by the, you know, by the sixth one, you know, she's starting to have feelings. You, you get that in the book that yeah. she is starting to have feelings for Ron and he's off, you know, kissing other women and all sorts of stuff and not paying attention to her. And One of my favorite uh, scenes is when, is when she, uh, they're younger. I don't know what, you'll know the movie, the exact scene. She yells at Harry and Ron after the prom or date or whatever. Yeah. And, and she cries when they go to their rooms mm-hmm. like she's their mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was a. And I think the three of them are fantastic together in those movies. Great. I really wish – I think he's going to – Daniel Radcliffe, right? That's mm-hmm. his name. I, I would love to see him in like Marvel Universe or like DC's Universe. He's so talented. Yep. There's been talks. Would you like to see him in, in any of that? Or do you see there's a role maybe that he'd fit? Uh, Yeah. I think he's a better comedic actor than he is dramatic. I mean, no, he can do it. He can pretty much do it all. Uh, but yeah, I would he, love he to see him. He can spit some bars too. Yes, he can. He can spit some bars. I saw that yes, on YouTube. On a, one of those, you know, we all go on those like YouTube spirals where we're, oh, yeah. how do we get here? Well, yep. Right? How do we get here? The world's going to end tomorrow and that's the YouTube page you're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Okay, so last question about Harry Potter. If you could pick one scene 
that's your favorite scene. I know you're gonna be like, dude, Adam, how can I do that? But one scene that just stands out, it's like the best scene. And you could even say, you know what, we'll make it easy on you from a cinematic perspective. It doesn't have to just be with the story. That just that scene was the best. I've got mine. That's, so if you want you me to go, go first, you go first. Really? Yes. You don't have one. I, to, lo- to I me, love. I love it all. So it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to. To me, what's yeah. crazy, man, is this scene always stood out to me is when Cedric dies, right? That's, yeah. And his dad like is crying, but like Harry comes back with the like, you know they 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 escape Voldemort. I thought that was the most powerful scene for me. Mm-hmm. Always, it always stands out. When I go rewatch, I'm like, "Oh man, here comes the scene!" I, like yep. it, it grabs you. Mm-hmm. So that was very authentic and and very real for yeah. me. I I think for me, it's the it's probably the mirror of Erised scene where he in the first one where he finds the mirror and he's like looking at his parents. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of a lot of emotional connection for me personally and in my family history and stuff like that and kind of what I had to go through. So I think that's kind of what I attach to, especially when I go back and watch those early films. I'm like, oh, like I feel that. So you say that's why you like Harry Potter? Then you have that you have that connection to Harry, would you say, or that? that- um, yeah, I think you know Harry was an outcast. Harry didn't really fit in, and I definitely was in that that camp. Right. And um, I always, you know, um, talk about destiny or whatever. Right. I firmly believe I firmly believe that I was born to do what I do, and my passion, and it all it all just kind of clicked for me at a very early age, and I'm very thankful for that. But like, it's brought me happiness. Like it's yeah. it's given me direction. Um, having a passion is so invaluable. I think it's, it's, it's kind of crucial. Um, if you want to live kind of a happy life, you got to have a passion for something. Right. Um, because you know, we've all been surrounded or not surrounded, but we've all, we've all known people that are just kind of down on the world all the time. And it's like, and you can psychoanalyze them in a, in a minute and say they have no goal, no passion, nothing they're chasing yeah. and they're unhappy. Well, no, duh. Right. I would be too. Right. And, they, <laughs> and they just drain your energy and it's like, maybe don't do that for the world, you know, like yeah. maybe find something you love to do and, and, you know, yeah, go chase after those goals. What you just said, I posted on, on my story today. Les Brown has a great quote and he says, um, yeah, he defines success. Everyone, we talked about it before we jumped on, everyone defines success differently. Mm-hmm. And he said, my, de- my definition of success, find what you love to do, find your passion, find someone that will pay you to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I look at you two and that's what you guys do. Yep. Right. And, and you can tell when you interact with happy people, usually they found what they like to do. And they found someone to pay them to do it. Exactly, <laughs> you yep. got Yashi's over here flying halfway across the world every week, yep. you know, and he's do- loving it. I'm sure he's stressed, but he's enjoying it and he's yeah. happy. Doesn't have his thought. actual wings yet, so. <laughs> he can't fly, yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know. G- get on the 3D graphic. Why don't you paint them on for him? Yeah, yeah Yash, you know, you send me some stuff, we'll put some wings on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So if uh, for listeners that don't know and just run through them and, and maybe tell me some a story or two that stands out, what are your top projects that you're like that you stand by? Um, there are a few music videos that I did way back in the, it's been a lot, like I've kind of stayed behind the scenes and done a lot of corporate stuff recently. Um, so I haven't really branched out and done a lot of creative stuff for a, a hot, a hot minute. It's been a couple of years. Okay. Um, there are a couple of music videos back in the day that I'm very proud of. Uh, there was one that I did back in 2013, um, that got a lot of attention and that people really enjoyed. And that was very nice. Um, yeah. And they're just couple you know a couple a couple short films and stuff that i've done that i've been pretty pretty proud of but nothing nothing huge exactly any current projects i know you're talking about the one that you have tonight with the live that you're doing yeah any current creative projects that you've stepped away from that you just talked about anything coming in the next year uh so we are i am producing a short film slash music video type thing kind of some similar to what yash has done in the past 
kind of linked up with an artist and uh, I'm kind of doing a music video for him. But I decided that I do want to step into the producer role. I want to start producing things. Um, so I've kind of taken on his song and we've kind of started to develop that into a music video with cutscenes. So there's, it's going to be, it's not like a whole film necessarily, but um, there's, there's a narrative element to it um, that involves some more fantasy. So kind of think there's basically it's him going on this journey to uh, uh, basically give a, a heart back to the woman that he loved. So he gets se- he gets separated. It's very dramatic. There's like this portal that's going to open up, and all the it's very VFX heavy because that's kind of what I've delved into the last couple of years. Right. Um, but yeah, it's very fantasy based. Um, got some castle elements that I've been working with, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's exciting. Uh, hopefully, we go into production in May. Awesome. I hope. Are but you guys I, on time? I, I have to get a new car. So okay, because I got rear-ended and my car got totaled. Are so. they going to pay for that shit? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You weren't at fault, right? No, I wasn't. No, I was sitting at a stop sign. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. She drove off. It was great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so with with this artist, right, uh, yeah. how long have you known the guy that you're working oh, with? Oh, probably 10 years. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you guys are comfortable with each other. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Because I'm sure you guys could both talk to this, and we have an artist and someone similar to you in the creative space over here. Mm-hmm. Is it challenging? What's the challenge of working with someone where it's his music, right, and you're making the video? Like- you have to probably have some pretty great communication because there might be something that you make that he's not with. Right? right, exactly. And you have to be sensitive to that. So what's that? So what, what's your experience with that? So we, um, there's actually live stream, not live streams, but uploads of it on my YouTube channel um, where we basically are developing the whole concept in the video together. So I Skype him in and we just kind of talk about it. We throw, cool. uh, throw around ideas and that's kind of another thing that I'm going to do on the channel is take you from very early stages all the way to the end, the development of the project. Yeah. So we started that. It's super cool. Um, so you're documenting as you go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. From like literally us having conversations of like, what do we want to do? Right. Like very early, like first meeting pretty much for the video all the way to the end. It's going to be cool. I love that because one of my, I just got a text message yesterday from a guy I went to college with. Really cool dude. He's a stud. His name's Nick Dowd. Shout out Nick. He's about to do like a Iron Man next year. And he just was texting me. He's all excited. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'll post it when I'm done. And I said, no, no, no. Post every bit of it when you start yeah. the training through it all because then you have content as you go. Yeah. Right. And and it's it's real. It's authentic as opposed to just the finished product. Right. Right. So okay. that's cool that you guys are doing that. I love that. We love, love, love that. Okay. So that's what you're currently involved in. Sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Excited for it. Is there a future project that in your lifetime, we're talking lifetime here, that must happen? Like before it's all said and done, Tyler, you have to do this. Is there something like that that you if you just had stowed away that you're waiting to do someday um, or, or, you know, waiting for that opportunity? I would say that most people kind of approach film. I'm just I'm I'm feel I'm so different or it's like I don't have most people are like, oh, I have this story that I want to tell. Right? right. And that kind of gets them into the storytelling realm or whatever. Uh, for me, not so much. Maybe someday it'll hit. But like I said, I'm much more of I'm a technical person. So people come to, if you have a story that you want to execute or you want to come to me, you obviously come to Yash, you come to me, get the visual effects from me, get the production from Yash. It all works out pretty well. It'd be pretty good. What are we doing? Um, but yeah, I'm, well, yes, exactly. (laughs) As long as you have the money, you need the money. Yes, you need need the money. But (laughs) show um, me the money, right? You know the scene? Do you know the scene? Show me the money. Yash, do you know the scene? 
Oh, is it in that? It might be in that too. But I was thinking Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise. Oh, that's. I'm right. really dating myself here, man. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But it's yes. a great movie. But go ahead. Um, but yeah, I'm just more of. I want. I'm a piece because a film production is not just one person. A film, unless you're Yash. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Yash? It's yeah. it's yes. true. That's very true. Um, but there's, but even he's got people that help him. So that was, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. I helped him on his film and yeah. So it's, it, but it takes a lot of different people. And I have learned so much over the years that I realized that like I fit in well in the post-production. That's what I studied. The post-production editing VFX world, like that's my world. That's where I, that's where I fit in the most. So, um, yeah, whatever, whatever, wherever that takes me pretty much. I like that. I like that in your style. You're very much – you don't force anything, what comes to you. And then when I asked you if you had a style earlier, you said not yet obviously and, right. and explained why. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, I think that's going to serve you really well because you're going to be very adaptable. You'd adapt or die, people. Big time. And and I think when you're uh, – when you have a bigger – however big the project is, mm-hmm. you'll be – and I, I know he's the same way because he touches every part of the project – if you're working with that person that's just in charge of lights, you know what that's like because you've touched every part of a project before. Mm-hmm. So you can have empathy with them. Yeah, right. Totally. And so I think that's going to be huge for both of you guys, obviously. Um, good stuff. What What's your goal this year in 2023? Sounds like you get this music video. Is that is that probably the biggest thing the right music, now? Yeah, the music video is the biggest thing. Um, I want to at least start production on that. Okay. I don't know how long production is going to take um, because I'm busy. The artist is busy. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, so hopefully we can start production by the end of May is what we're thinking. So we'll at least start to shoot stuff and start to collect the story bits and kind of start piecing it together. Um, the other thing that I want to do is do more freelance, um, VFX and motion graphics and kind of start that as a side company um, and have that off the ground by the end of the year. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Anyone that you want to work with on that or is it just a, just yourself since it's freelancing or, uh, just myself for now. Yeah. Very cool. My question to you, you, you mentioned that you want to be, you want to get back into filmmaking. You would like to be a director, I think. Is that what you said? Or what was the? Uh, producer. Producer. Technically. Maybe director down the line. Let's say producer, know. right? Yeah. So that you want to step into that role. Mm-hmm. Right now, where, what would be the most, where's the gap? Like in terms of strengths, weaknesses that you would, you'd feel if you did do step into that role mm-hmm. that you really would be like, hey, before I do, not before I do, but when I do. I know I lack this area, so I'm going to have to really pay attention, maybe get help on that area right. of your game. What would that be? Um, I think for Does the, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The biggest part is because the producer is the guy that like kind of brings all the elements together, right? Finds the right people for the right jobs. Right. Um, and I know a ton of different people. Um, and I think more of it, too, is just allowing myself to be able to reach out to those people and to ask for what I need. Not necessarily be like, oh, do it for free. That's not what I mean. But I'm someone who I'm like, well, like I can do that myself. So I'll look at the aspect of a video and be like, well, I can do that. And it's just like shooting it. And it all just also depends on the budget too, right? It's right. Like, well, it'd be a lot cheaper if like I shot it. It'd be a lot cheaper if like I cut it and all sorts of other aspects. Um, but I think if I'm truly going to step into the producer role, I can't do that. I can't be like, well, I'll just do this because it's the easy and the cheap way. It's like, no, 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 no. Like I need to step into the producer role if that's truly what I want to do in the future and find the people that are best for the job. So basically in one word or two words, maybe like effectively or efficiently delegate. You have to learn how to delegate a right. little more. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think the big deal is, is 
where where do you want to spend your most time, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to figure that out. Like yeah. high, your highest knowledge and the highest priority, probably where you want to be. Right. Your lowest knowledge and lowest priority, let's delegate that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Good stuff. I asked that question because I'm interested, but also so when you jump in, then you're like, okay, now I've actually thought about it. Not that you haven't, mm-hmm. but I figured it'd be beneficial for you. Sweet. Okay. So this is definitely when you fill out the survey, which by the way, we're on Adams Plus One, Episode 5. We've got Tyler, Evan, Bab. We've confirmed that. Let's confirm something else. I know you you donated to the Belvedere YMCA, right? Did you do the donation uh, yet? I need to still. Well, we're, st- we're still going to clap because I, I trust I, I you that much. It. Oh, no, I, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> we're five for five, everyone. We're five for five. Appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, but if you don't, then on the next episode, I'm going to I'm gonna have to give the You can call the me out. You can be like, <laughs> call me out, yeah. <laughs> so you, when you fill out the overview, you put this down, and I'm just interested in, in, in your take, especially both of you being here. What's the outlook on the future of cinema in the movie theater experience? Do we expect, I know everyone was writing and like it was on TV quite a bit recently that Tom Cruise's movie. um, Did you you see this movie? I did see the movie. I love Tom Cruise. I love, I love the, I love his movies. What's the movie? Uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. Maverick. It saved the movie theater, theater industry. Yeah. Do we, do we expect, do you guys expect in five, 10 years, no one's going to the movie theater? What do you expect? What do you see? Future Um, of cinema. I think movie, the movie theaters will be around, I don't know, about in 10 years, though, to be honest. You think five years, maybe? Uh, maybe. It's kind of up in the air. I like going to the movie, movies, but I realize, A, it's expensive. If you have a family, it's kind of out of the question. It's so expensive for families to go. Um, and, and truly, it all depends on the budgets of these films, Okay. Studios spend 200, 300 million, 500 million on these big movies. So the return needs to hit, like the movie needs to hit a billion dollars in order to be profitable now. Right. And that's like almost every movie that you see in the theater. Because how expensive they are to make. Exactly. So the studios need to cut these budgets and kind of bring this, the cost down to make the tickets cheaper. Then people, I think, will come back to the theater because they can afford it. Great. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I had a question. Yeah, go for it. Do you think Do you think ChatGPT and all the AI stuff is going to make it so it's a lot cheaper? And do you feel like your your position in the film industry is threatened by that AI? Um, good question. Good question. Uh, there- Josh is asking great questions. He doesn't just he doesn't just do the lights. He doesn't just do the audio. He doesn't do the video. He gets my water too. Perfect room temperature, and he asks great questions. We love Josh, man. He comes in. Uh, you know, yes, it, it can be a threat if that's how you see it, right? But I think it's a tool like anything else. And just how when uh, when the computer, right, Jurassic Park uh, was making the dinosaurs right on the computers and like that whole visual, the visual effects industry kind of took everything away from the animatronics and the models and the puppets and everything. And there were a lot of people in the industry back in the day that were scared because they're like, well, like we physically like move puppets and like this is going to take our jobs. And it kind of did, right? Like you can't – I would hate to sit here and be like, no, like AI is not going to take our jobs. AI is coming for a lot of industries. AI is going to cut a lot of people out of the workforce. Just letting – like that's happening, um, especially in the next you know, for, forever future. Like it's going to happen. Um, but I think you can't be scared and like we said, you have to adapt. So you got to be on top of it and you got to kind of learn how to use it as a tool and then obviously build your skill up 
either as a storyteller or um, – because the technical stuff, I think, yes, will be taken by AI because you just press a button, you write a prompt, and it's pretty much done. But there's always going to be the emotional storytelling. Um, and, like, is an AI ever going to be able to light a scene? I don't know. You know, like th- those are things I just don't like eventually because I hate to be like, oh, the AI is never going to be able to do that. It's like <laughs> that's a little naive to be like, yeah, AI can never light a scene. Well, let's come back on in like five years. I bet you AI will be lighting a scene. We'll do we'll do where Tyler was right and where Tyler was wrong. And they're going to be like, hey, I did that. They did that. They did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they the, got emotionally uh, involved in the projects. So it was telling stories. Right. Yeah, no. um, Because we've all seen the AI images of like, you know, models that. They look real. They're real people. So eventually, yeah. Uh, but I think there will always be kind of an artificial intelligence uh, vibe and feel to whatever AI makes, um, at least hopefully for the next like 10 years. What about you, Yash? What do you think? What's your answer to that question? If someone, if I asked you that question, what would you say? Would you, would you agree anything you disagree with? Um, yeah, it's coming. It's going to make a lot of things cheaper, I think, because everything's happening. And smaller businesses like mine can use these tools and provide higher quality services for mm-hmm. lower quality prices. Right. So thus pretty much opening up more competition. Yeah. So which is why I wonder if the movie industry is going to be able to save money on the VFX side and spend it somewhere else. Right. Another thing about movies in the theater, I want to go back on this. From, the from you know, in college, I'm, I'm a business major, accounting and finance guy. You look at how much it costs to own a movie theater like it is expensive yeah like i didn't realize this we were we were talking about what industries are very expensive uh that very expensive so when the movie's not hitting targets it's not just the people that produce the movie the people that are at the theater they have to they have to make a return as well Mm -hmm. so good stuff man ai is interesting to me another thing that's interesting to me that that i wanted to talk to you about is the social media in general and before we get into the question about vertical horizontal portrait landscape as a you guys are both creators and very creative guys but you have a lot of experience doing it mm-hmm. now it feels like, like i'm a you know i'm a bodybuilder so i'm at the gym every day and I, I scroll through all the bodybuilding stuff everyone has a camera everyone's now a creator everyone's an influencer as as what i'm going to call like i'm a wannabe creator you guys are legit creators for a second as real creators how, what is your response when you see everyone becoming creative? How does that, I mean, how, you know, how do you react to that? Um, As people that have really put in the hours, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay. I think, I think everybody is a creative. They just haven't unlocked it yet, to be honest. Um, that's my view. I think everybody needs some sort of creative outlet and either they've suppressed that throughout their entire life um, or they found it. And I think social media and all these apps and everything, it's allowed people I've never known anybody that like is like, oh, I don't like to take pictures with my phone. Everybody likes to take pictures with their phone, right? Everybody, in my opinion, I think everybody's a creative person um, in some way or another, right? And it just it just depends on how long it takes for you to find that. Um, and social media has allowed a lot of people uh, to find their outlet. Like e- everybody now can explore whatever passion they want. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So okay, that's, cool. that's my take. I love it. What about you, Yash? I think... Could you repeat the question? Yeah. You, everyone's a creator now. You see everyone's on Instagram with their – everyone. it feels like everyone's an influencer. Everyone is a creative creator. I, I guess the word's creator because everyone has a camera now. But you guys really do spend a lot of time editing post-production. You have the actual time under your belt, right, that you're legit. 
And I mean that in a good way. It's a compliment. And just how do you react to seeing everyone now with a camera? And I don't mean to say that in a negative way that everyone has a camera and they're recording. But as people that really know their what they're doing, how do you react to that? Is it? Do you think it's a good thing for social media? Do you think it's a good thing in general that the, it just seems that that's, that's the direction we're going? Tyler obviously thinks everyone's creative, and I, I love that answer. But what? how do you feel about it? I think it's interesting. Um, a lot of the companies are shifting from big production work to smaller micro-influencers. So it's putting money in smaller creators' pockets. But as a guy, I think it's difficult because I post every single day and I still haven't blown up and I post seven videos a day, quality content. Very quality, right. um, Mm -hmm. It's still not blowing up, but I see girls posting, you know, twerking videos and that shit instant. Right. Um, so as a as a person, I feel frustrated, but at the same time, I know things that take longer to build take longer to fall. Right. So that's uh, I feel cool with that. And as a business person, I appreciate it because I have other small like more opportunities to make money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I love what you touched on, Yash, and I, I love, love your answer because we can kind of marry the two. I think everyone is creative too, and I I do think. Because you notice people, like I look at your stuff, high quality. You and Caven, especially, because they post a lot. Mm-hmm. I look at the work you guys do, and I'm like, man, I watch real movies. I watch TV shows, and, and I watch a lot of stuff that doesn't look like that. Like, that is very good work. And then I follow some people, which is fine. They've blown up, and I'm thinking, wow, that's interesting. But, um, no, I think I think it's good overall, but I do find it interesting that there's certain niches, niche sectors that have blown up that uh, if you really almost, it's like music, right? Like, if you... An artist can have tons, sold tons of albums. Someone else hasn't, but I've I could independently look at them and say I think this is a better artist. Like they're better at their craft. This person, the timing, the marketing, everything built them up. So mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's similar with creative, obviously. So that yeah, was a great question. I wanted to get into that because you guys are creators, and I always just see so many people posting, and I'm like, how do these creative gurus? What's what's their take on it? Right. So so good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I didn't expect you to to be. I feel like you're a bigger. Are you a bigger Harry Potter fan than you are like superhero fan? Am I wrong here? Um, I think it's about equal. It's about equal. Technically. I mean, Harry Potter goes deeper than the Marvel and the DC for sure. Okay. Um, just because the filmmaking passion, you know, that's kind of what sparked it. So there will always be, um, the Harry Potter love. Uh, but Marvel, I en- yeah, no, I enjoy Marvel and I, I love Marvel and Marvel was a big part of my life too. So, cool. Yeah. Marvel, or, Marvel or DC? You had to pick one. Uh, depends on what we're talking about. Okay, what are we, what are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking about what, which way do you go? Uh, cinematic universe, I would say Marvel, because okay. I don't think DC's really found what they're doing quite Very yet. Very good point. Um, even though they've had ten years to figure it out, but that's I feel like th- they have an opportunity right now. Oh yeah, they're they're moving in a, in a new a new direction, and it's exciting. Yeah. Um, but comics, I feel like I don't know. DC's got better. I'll always go back and read a Batman comic. You know, like read Batman, Daredevil. And Spider Man are like my 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 comics that I read for sure. Okay, yeah, and that's two two to one really because one of them's in Marvel. Two of those guys are DC. Yeah, yep. Daredevil's Daredevil's DC. Or, no, Marvel. Oh, no, he's, Daredevil's he's, Marvel. He's yeah. Marvel. Mm-hmm. My bad. Oh, okay, and then who is your favorite superhero mm. all time? You just get to pick one, not one from each. Probably Daredevil. Daredevil. I really? love Daredevil yeah. comics. Daredevil Spider-Man. comics. I know. I thought he was a Spider-Man <laughs> for I'm sure. A sp- but in terms of like, I, I mean, in terms of comics and like, I love reading Daredevil comics and I just, in terms of, okay, I love Spider-Man, but I think Daredevil is a more interesting character. So you love the TV show then? 
Oh, yeah. What's the name oh, of the actor? I can't think. He's an awesome. Charlie actor. Cox. Oh, he's awesome, dude. Yeah. That show was awesome. A lot of people a lot of people slept on that show. Amazing show. A lot of people slept on that show. What and a then great it got story. on Disney Plus and then he showed up in No Way Home and everyone's like, ooh, dirt. I'm like, you guys are so late to the party on that show. Dude, when he showed up in No Way Home. Yeah. I literally was at the theater. I couldn't I couldn't know myself. I texted my best friend. He hadn't seen the movie yet. Yeah. I was like, Ben. He's in it because <laughs> he had heard it leaked and I confirmed it before. Right. I'm that guy. Don't don't let me text you when I'm at the movie because I will I'll ruin it for you. And then I'll yell at you because you're texting me at the movie. At the movie, I Stop know. Stop doing that. Yes. Just yeah. watch the film. I won't text you. No, uh, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so you watch – so you really do read some Batman comics then. That's that's legit. I, yeah, it's been – Favorite comic? You got one? Oh, let's see. Probably um, Death in the Family, the graphic novel. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's probably, dang, that's, that's okay. Cool. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were, I knew you were a geek, man. I didn't know you were that geeky. You got the, you got, you got the whole, whole yeah. package. Okay. All right. All right. Um, let's go back to social media. I don't want to, before we get it, cause we're going to get into, we're going to get a lot of, we're going to get a lot of comics. This is why a big reason why I wanted to have you on. Yeah. Okay. And that for other reasons, you're very talented. Okay. I gotta, I don't have to suck up to you the whole time. All right, dude, you're on the show now. All yes. right. <laughs> okay. So, um, Let's talk about that though. This is an interesting, an interesting topic. Vertical versus horizontal social media, social media aspects, mm-hmm. ratios. Um, run with it. Just go, man. What it's, do you got? It's dominating the field, right? Um, I think it's the it's the future. It's been it's been like that for a while, right? It's been it's been a couple of years now where it's yeah. like um, it's not as foreign, I think, as it used to be, and I don't think it's as scary. In terms, because this is what you know, you grow up with the widescreen, you grow up with the you know the landscape aspect ratio, um, and there's and I've heard you know I'm not a I'm not on I mean I'm on TikTok I have a TikTok but I don't I don't scroll through TikTok very much I don't scroll through social media that much to be honest um, because I just unless my friends post something and then I'll check it out um, but and I check social media a couple times a day but I don't sit there and scroll because. I don't know. I just, I want to create stuff. I'm always, I have to create things. Yeah. So I can't sit there and scroll all day, but um, I think it's a format that's taking more charge. I know there's a lot of newer, I think newer filmmakers, right. Are going to come out of that realm, right. They're going to grow up. Oops. Sorry. I talk with my hands. You're good. <laughs> They're going to grow up. Hey, you break it. You break it. You don't have to pay me. You got to pay the guy over there. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, Actually, I probably do. It's my show. Damn <laughs> They grew up with. They're going to grow up with the vertical format, so that's the way that it's going to go. Um, and yeah, you think, we'll, you think we'll see a movie in vertical? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. There are there are. Um, I haven't done a lot of research, but there are filmmakers on TikTok that like make legit short films in that format. Wow. So it's so engaging on your phone. I mean, when you yeah. when you go when you go, you can like Yasha's great at editing and like putting big captions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you just do the simple landscape, I mean, and there's space above and, and below, it does break the audience's yes. concept. I'm not snobby like that. If if someone t- posts great quality, I'll watch the whole thing. Yeah, but it'd be nice if you could if on social media, in my opinion, if, you, if if you could post the video in landscape, but then if you do turn your phone, it would go widescreen. I think that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say do they, they, yeah they have does, stuff like that yeah does it does TikTok TikTok has it I don't know I just saw it where it was like horizontal but then you hit full screen and it automatically wow. does that mm-hmm. that could be great because you guys both shoot all of your production in landscape right I mean unless you know it's gonna be a reel how's that work um well a lot of these companies like for example uh, tomorrow no when I went to DHL we shot TikTok videos for DHL. 
So we weren't even shooting commercials anymore for them. So um, even though we shot it in horizontal, we framed it like it was vertical. Um, so all these companies are all changing their mm-hmm. like their views to verticality. I do it in between. But if I do a 16 by 9, I'll leave the space on the top and bottom, add like a blur background, same thing, and then put the title of the, the podcast up there and then like my socials on the bottom. So it takes up the whole real estate. Or I'll do like a 4 by 5 aspect ratio, which is still a little smaller, but it just fills the screen more mm-hmm. um, yeah. if I'm doing like a full vertical. Very nice. Yeah. What about you? When you first started filming, you were always landscape, right? It was landscape. Um, I'm still pretty much landscape. We'll see what happens with the, the live streams. and. <laughs> what about this music video? Like, Well, exactly. We were um, talking about, yeah, doing some vertical um, things and kind of – it's very uh, Spider-Verse, into the Spider-Verse inspired. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to play around with uh, different aspect ratios and, and formats and stuff like that for sure. Cool. We're on Adams Plus One. I've got Tyler, Evan, Bab. Man, I feel like we got Tyler Evan Babb featuring Yash today, which is really yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I, fi- I figured that was going to happen. No, I, I love Yash, it. Yash I, is included in the conversation. No, sure. it means a lot. Yash was awesome, dude. So it's good to have good to have the the extra voice, an extra SME subject matter expert over there. We love that. Okay, let's get into some relaxed chat, man. We've talked a lot, so let's. This is a segment that you didn't know about until like when you pulled up in your car. You knew we were going to talk about this, yes. but you just didn't know the delivery. All right. So listen to anyone that's created as a podcast, any creation. When I do my overview, right, I, I I do a simple simple format. Adams Plus One is simple. Bruce Lee said, "Simplicity in everything." Right. Mm-hmm. Don't fear the guy that throws ten thousand kicks. Fear the guy that throws one kick ten thousand times. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Here's my wisdom of the day, but. I put together the the overview. First, I ask you, hey, man, what do you want to talk about? Right. What do you not want to talk about? That's important Mm -hmm. because I don't want to ask you about, you know, something you don't want to talk about. Right. Third thing, I tell you to donate to the YMCA. We'd appreciate it. He still has to. That's okay. We know you will. And then I get to work, right? Yeah. But when I'm putting the overview together, I think, okay, we're going to talk about it anyways. What would be a good way to set up a reel or a nice post, right? Mm -hmm. Just so it it, it flows. And so so I'm, I'm thinking... Let's do our top five Batman in reverse order from five to one. You go, I go. Mm-hmm. As we build up, but we're going to, I'm not going to see your answer because you're going to write it on the whiteboard and you're going to show the camera. You good with that? Yeah. Right, let's do it. Let's do it. Got these brand new whiteboards from from Walmart. All right. Don't know if I know how to spell all their names. but Oh, okay. If you need help, Yash is really smart and he's got a phone with him. So here you go, sir. All right. You go first. You write down your Are number five. Like- are we doing numbers? Like, are we writing? Put the number. Put that number up there. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, let's go landscape. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you put yours. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. So hide it. Hide it until you go. Okay. You go first. I want. Hey, listen. I want to know who your number five is. And each person, I want you to give me some background why that's your number five. We're sticking in the big screen. Okay. Okay. Big screen. Go for it. Because we all know some of those cartoons were awesome. Are we writing it big? Yeah, write it big. All right. Number five. Your, your, your hand is probably better than mine, dude. I type for a living. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, me too. Like, I, I work on a keyboard and, like, isn't it, isn't it crazy? animate stuff. I don't necessarily. Then you go write, write something write and you're stuff. like, that is dog crap, dude. This looks like 50. This does not look like number five. I need to rewrite this. Gotta think about this, man. I think I spelled his name right. I don't know. Let's see it. 
Whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not write that big enough. That's, I, just, I scribbled this. I'll, just, I'll say it so people know <laughs> what this is. All right, ready? Go for it. All right. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Why is he your number five Batman? Um, well, he's already in Marvel, so it's highly unlikely that he will be Batman. Um, but I just think – so Brave and the Bold is – Oh, shoot. We messed up. I mean you're all – I didn't explain this. This is on me. I mean your all-time best Batman. We're going from all-time – you're good. You're good. Don't <laughs> oh, worry about I thought it. We were like, I thought we were casting the new Batman. No, my bad. No, you're oh, good. You're good. James Gunn's new movie. Uh, oh, man. No, no. You're good. Okay. So you don't, you're not prepped, right? You don't know? This is good. I'm no, going to get you can, right off the – We can, we can, can do, do this, this, right? Yeah, we you can, can do this. I just prepped something completely different. No, okay, don't worry about right. it. So number five, all-time greats. We're going all the way up to number one. So whoever your number okay. one is will be your last person that you go with. Oh, okay. Cool. No. So this we're only is, going. Okay, well, hold on. Go hold for on. it. You can ask me. This is Batman. Batman, and not Bruce Wayne. Or oh, let's let's do the combination of all of them. Like who played the who played that role the best of playing Batman? Okay, all right. I, all right. I love this man. That's one thing I love about you guys. You guys are so specific on things because you guys are so like can't just be one. No, yeah. the question has to go. Okay. All right. My bad. How about you go? Since you have the yeah, we should go. All right, I'm gonna go first. Val Kilmer. And here's why. Oh, I disagree. I know you do. I know you will. I just am not a big fan of George Clooney, right? I'm thinking big screen. I'm not using Adam West. I kind of took him out of the equation. You can feel free okay. to bring him in. He's okay. big, big in the Batman, mm-hmm. Batman universe. I really actually enjoyed Kilmer. And I thought he played I thought he played a very stoic Bruce Wayne. I thought he was a I thought he was just a solid role. I, I mean that movie didn't do that, didn't do as well as they wanted mm-hmm. but i actually thought similar to how it was andrew garfield that played spider-man yep. he didn't get a lot of love but i thought he did a great job i didn't think the movie around him was set well but i thought val kilmer uh the scenes where that he he would interact with Enig- uh, enigma and, yep. and and when you if you're a cartoon fan of an animated series i'm like mm-hmm. that's very bruce wayne that's how he would handle that and i thought he did he crushed that crushed that part of it yep. um and then the interactions he would have with uh the vicky Vale or the reporter so I liked his, I liked him. He was solid. He's on the list. Go ahead. Yes. Who's your five? Uh, five is George Clooney. <laughs> oh wow! You got him on there. Yep. Um, just in terms of uh, the the bat, like the movie wasn't very good, but I thought he brought this um, this level of Bruce Wayne, this this pathos, this like emotionality to um, to Bruce Wayne that that I think again, it's not the fault of. So I'm not gonna. I'm not looking at the whole movie necessarily. I'm looking at the portrayal of the actor, um, not the movie he's in. Okay. Right, and I think George Clooney could have pulled off a much better Batman if he had given, if he was given a better film. But I think his Bruce Wayne was, you know, with the Alfred dying and everything. I think there was a lot of potential there, and so I include him on in the list. Okay, very nice. He he's probably of all the actors. Maybe he and Bale, he's probably one of the best actors that's ever taken on the Cape Crusader, yep. right? Would you say? Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, number four, number four, number four. Man, I hope I spell this right. I got to think about this. Oh, boy. Sheesh. This is bad. This is embarrassing. Who played Batman in the Justice League? Ben Affleck. There we go. I'm telling you who it is before I write it down. That's how we're, that's how we're going right here. I probably spelled his name wrong, too. That's Okay. We got number four. We got Ben Affleck. Let me tell you something. If this is spelled wrong, it's all good. I really believe that this guy could have could have crushed it in a that movie was trash. 
with him yes. and okay. Yes. But what I loved is that he played an angry Bruce Wayne, like mm-hmm. an angry Batman. And a lot of people, this was the issue with the George Clooney Batman. This was the issue with some of those bat, like even Kilmer, I guess. But if you go to Batman's origin story, think about it. His parents died. Mm-hmm. He witnessed it. He grows up. He wants to fight crime. He's not this happy guy. He he is a very angry person, and right. he plays the angry old Batman that's been through all these wars, right? You could tell he's like that old veteran mm-hmm. in that scene where Alfred says to him, like, how many men have made it through this, um, have survived this long? This and, long, yeah. Right? It's a great, mm-hmm. great quote. So I thought Affleck with a better movie, but awesome, angry old Batman. Did a good job. And, and also, one more thing. Affleck's a big guy. Oh, so yeah. like. He has a stature similar to the animated series. Like he's believable when yeah. you see him in just in a as Bruce Wayne, you believe that that guy could be Batman, right? right. I, yeah, that that scene where he's in the only scene that's good in that film <laughs> is when he's running into the into the chaos. Yeah, and yeah, saving that girl from the building. Uh, yeah, yep. as as oh, Bruce Wayne in the car, he's driving yeah. it in the I'm very like, beginning. Yeah, that gives you so much hope in the beginning of that movie. You're like, oh. And he, and he this holds This is going to be great. Yep. And then the movie just goes downhill. Goes like, downhill. The fight the fight oh. scene that he has is pretty badass. Yeah. That was a pretty, yep. I bet you guys will love that, you nerds with your cameras, post-production. Oh, yes. All right, who you got for four? Uh, number four is Val Kilmer for me. Okay, why? Um, I think he is, the, like, more like Ben Affleck, right? The physical. I think he brought the physicality to it. Um, there's a couple scenes, you know, where he's, yeah. in, where he's in the back cave. Like, he's, he was a big dude. Um, he, was at his, you know, he was in his prime. Um, a lot of the Bat- Batman actors are in their prime when they take on the role. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, he's the first one, you know, with a Robin, obviously. And so I think there, there, there was that challenge, but I think he, he brought the, the mentorness to that, to that film and, um, the, the voice. Great voice. Great, great, great voice. Maybe, yeah, maybe one of the best Batman voices ever. Yeah. Christian Bale. Sorry, but. Defer- we'll get there. We'll definitely, get there. Definitely a Val Kilmer Batman voice is probably the best Batman voice. Beautiful. All right. We'll move to number three for me. Number three. And let me, you know what? I'm going to put add a little arrow here because I got a lot of hope here. Number three, trending upward, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something about this guy right here. This guy, when he took the role, everyone laughed. I mean, people texted me and were like, oh my goodness, Robert Pattinson's playing mm-hmm. Batman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost did too, but then I said, wait a minute. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because people said, oh, you know, he played in The Twilight, right? But imagine, imagine this. I was like, there's like a 10 year gap from Twilight to Batman. Imagine when you were in high school, you were 18, mm-hmm. right? And 10 years later, you're 28 and you're trying out for some job or interview. 10 years later, right? The person, interview, person interviewing you is from high school, right? right, right. They, they haven't talked to you since then. Right. And they go, <laughs> listen, man. They tell, the, they tell the people that are going to hire you, listen, Tyler, <laughs> I knew him 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, probably not going to make it a good fit for this role. Right. Tyler's not the same guy that he was 10 years ago. Right. Neither was Robert Pattinson. And when exactly. he took the role, actually, I, I thought about that and I said, he's a very talented actor. I liked him a lot in Tenet. Thought he crushed it. I like some other movies. And dude, again, the angry Batman. And, and I like that in this movie. When he plays Batman, that opening scene, he beats the crap out of those guys by the subway. Mm-hmm. You knew this is a different type of Batman. That you're, the grunginess, it's believable, it's realistic, it's grounded. I thought he crushed it. Would like to see him play a little more Bruce Wayne, right. trending up. I think he has a chance to make his number one. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Who, who's your number three? Uh, number three is the same. Ooh, okay. The same. Robert Pattinson. I agree. I agree. Um, this was 
you know, the, the Batman was a swing in a different direction for the Batman franchise. Um, much more down to earth, probably one of the most down to earth Batmans we've ever had. Um, obviously it's kind of a semi origin story and yeah, you're right. I think we're going to see him grow for, you know, a lot of people complained, Oh, he's the emo, blah, 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 blah. It's like, calm down. There are such things as story arcs, people in filmmaking. Let's go. Come on. People, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what did you want me to do? Like fight his whole rogues gallery and like, you know, his Robin dies and he comes back to life and he comes, becomes an old man and dies. Like, what did you want in this film? I don't know. People have these crazy wild expectations for these movies. It's like, I want to see a Batman that grows into multiple films here. Yeah. And yeah, I think he, yeah, it was, he pulled it off really well. I think when you talk about growth for him, a few things that stand out. In that scene where he beats, he beats everybody up at the subway, he, if you watch it again, which, you know, me, I've watched like 10 times, he gets hit a lot. That's very key. He's not that great at fighting him. Mm-hmm. An early Batman wouldn't be. But what was he really great at in that movie? His detective skills. Yep. Because that's what Batman is, mm-hmm. right? And so what I like the, where they, they have growth is his suit's not that advanced, clearly. The Batmobile's not advanced, clearly. So there's room to grow in those areas. Also, it would be nice in this next movie, you know, he went against the Riddler in this, in this past one. I like kind of similar to what they did with Bane. I'd like to see him go against someone who's out physical, right? Like, like where Batman has to overcome that challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Which would be great. So awesome. Okay. Number two, number two, number two. I mean, this guy is just, he was on a, he was on like Saturday night live or something. Not Saturday night live. One of those talk shows, just one of the funniest people off, off of this, but one of the greatest actors and crushed the role. His name is Michael Keaton. That's mm-hmm. my number two. Okay. A lot of people have him one and they say it's not close, etc. I thought he did a great job given the graphics back then. Yeah. Right? Similar to I me. Mean, if you guys were back then, you only had to work with so much for technology. He played the role really well. The scene when he, where he nails it as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. is when the reporter, I think it is Vicki Vale in the movie. She walks up to him mm-hmm. and she's talking to him at the mansion at that big party at his house beginning of the movie. He knows she's looking for Bruce Wayne, but he doesn't say it. He acts like he's just another person at the yeah. mansion. Mm-hmm. That's how Bruce Wayne would be. Yep. Right? And the scene when they're on a date at the mansion, she's sitting like a football field away. Yeah. And she goes, can we sit closer? And he's like, yeah, I, I've never really been in this room. In this room. Yeah. <laughs> like that's Bruce Wayne, right? Yes. And so I, I love the way he did that role. I mean, a huge legacy, crushed it, but he's number two. Who do you got for number And he's two? coming back this year. And he's coming back. Let's go. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, number two for me is uh, Christian Bale. This is yeah. This is where we were gonna. This is what you're talking about. This, this is where we part ways. So you guys could probably guess what my number one is. But, you know, yeah. But uh, tell us about Bale. But um, Bale, obviously, you know, if if you if I was to be like, okay, who's my Batman? Right, the Batman we grew up with. Um, it's obviously Bale. Um, here we go. Uh, I think that the Dark Knight dominates his legacy too much. I think that Heath Ledger overshadows him in his own movies in, in ev- almost every film. Um, obviously not Batman Begins, but nobody talks about Batman Begins. Great movie. Um, because apparently nobody went to go see that movie. 2005, 2006. Yeah. I love Batman Begins. I think, it's better, I think it's better than The Dark Knight. Very good. In terms of a Batman movie. Right. It's better, I think it's better than The Dark Knight. Why? Because The Dark Knight is a Joker film. It's not a Batman movie. And... Batman Begins is a much better Batman-centered film because you get the origin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get the you get the, the the origin, the early days, him training. Um, I think it's better. It's a better told story in Batman Begins than in The Dark Knight. Um, and yeah, I think, unfortunately, Heath Ledger kind of t- dominates 
the lexicon in terms of Bale. Bale was great, but I just wish that Bale got a little bit more to do because he's kind of sidelined. He's kind of put in the background of his own movies. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. I, I hear that. I, I do hear that. And this is obviously on a debate show, so I'll just I'll just fire back in terms of I agree with you on that. He he himself said on set, man, I'm watching Heath Ledger. And I'm like, he's so much more interesting than me. Yep. That's what Bale said, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I will I will respond by saying my number one is Christian Bale. I got a little, I got a man, I got a man crush. So yeah. let me just go into it. Go ahead. But I want to say this: you did say the the training. I love that they showed the training in Batman Begins. They also showed the origin. I like that Robert Pattinson's Batman didn't do either. Mm-hmm. I love that because mm-hmm. now we're all wondering. So as we as he goes, maybe he'll have he'll show. Sounds like Alfred trained him. But that's just right. on a different note. But I like that they did that in the Pattinson movie. Okay, Bale. Here's the, here's where Bale beats Keaton because I think it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. The scenes where he's training to be Batman and Batman begins, he looks like legitimately Batman. When Keaton takes his shirt off, it's it's it sounds kind of snobby, but from my I, ha, I have from to believe you. Where right, you're exactly. coming from, it, yeah, in your history, I, even Pattinson didn't need to get big, but he looked like a martial artist, right? Like he mm-hmm. looked like an athlete. I think mm-hmm. Batman's more of an athlete than he is like bodybuilder. But Christian Bale looks like Batman when he's in those training scenes, and I think this is what he nailed in the role. The physique obviously is important to me. Batman has three faces, if you will, or Bruce Wayne. He has to be the the playboy Batman mm-hmm. who looks like I, he doesn't care about the city. He would never want to be interested in doing something like this. The billionaire playboy crushes it. Plenty of scenes where he does that. The other Batman faces who he shows himself to when he's around Rachel and Alfred. Right. Bale does, Christian Bale does a great job doing that. The third one is under the under the hood with and then with uh, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think he nails each face of Batman. And there's the, you can see it. You can clearly see it. The other, I, I would say he does it better than Keaton. Yeah. Right. And so I think that uh, coupled with his physique and they're both great actors, man. Mm-hmm. He also did three movies. And I think you're right. He did get dominated by Joker. I'll admit, I'd admit that. I think the Dark Knight Rises gets slept on. What do you, what's your take on Dark Knight Rises? Good movie, bad movie? Oh, I didn't like that movie. What would, how would you have ended that whole trilogy? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I might've just stopped it. The Dark Knight. You would have stopped. I th- yeah, because you just can't top that. I just don't. Unless I don't know. Here, let's hear you defend The Dark Knight Rises. But here's what I love about I The Dark Knight not, Rises. I didn't like that movie. Maybe I can convince him before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Got like five, ten minutes left. Five minutes. Don't worry, Josh. Okay. At the end, of the, the the scene that is probably the most powerful there. Two scenes, but the one is when he makes the climb in the prison scene. What's beautiful about the climb in the prison scene when he makes the climb on the wall is he's. Bane broke his back, ties to the comics, because mm-hmm. Bane actually does that in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's a very wealthy man in a prison, and he can't climb this wall. He tries twice, and the guy says to him, a child did it who was a, you know, a slave and like poor. This is not meant for some wealthy man of privilege, right? Mm-hmm. He grounds him, right? It's a slap in the face. So he has to go up there, face his own fears, because at that stage of his life, he didn't care if he died or not. And the guy tells him in the, in the prison cell, the only way for you to make this jump is to take the rope off. Because then you'll find that fear again of dying. Because you don't care if you die because you lost Rachel and he's going through all of that. Right, right, right. So he takes the rope off and he makes that jump, which in that moment, he's not Batman. He's Bruce Wayne. So when you go from Batman Begins when he's a kid and you're doing the flashbacks with his dad mm-hmm. as you go, that's, all, that's the moment where it's like, this is a Bruce Wayne story, man. And right. I thought that they did a great job with that. And then he yeah. comes back and obviously it's, it seems like he fakes his death and he lives. But I thought that that climb scene was awesome. So I do think that movie gets slept on a little bit yes. because I think what happened is – 
the Joker movie was just so damn good. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you follow that up? Yeah, we're but talking the, about the Dark Knight, the, not the Joker. The Dark Knight, yeah, right. the Joker, right? The, um, the Dark Knight, yep. Yeah, I go ahead. Your thoughts this, before before we get to the closing question. This is this is going to be me being nit, nitpicky. Uh, I just think I didn't like how he was like, oh, I stopped being Batman for eight years. <laughs> I was like, that's unbelievable. Like, that's not my that's not that's not my Batman. My Batman doesn't stop being Batman for eight years. Did um, they still pay him? Did the city still pay him for being Batman? Like, what job lets you do that? I don't know. Do you have a job like that? I don't have no, a job no, I don't have a job like that. Uh, and <laughs> then, well, oh man, no, I know. Oh yeah, no, no, no. She crushed it as Catwoman. She, she did crush it. Uh, did. I know we're we're on, on time, but mine's uh, Keaton. Oh, that's right. You're number one. And then I'll be make this super quick. Obviously, nostalgia, and I'm. For me, it's the, it, again, it's a cinematic feeling, and, and and I wouldn't have put him here a couple months ago. Okay. I probably would have put Bale or Pattinson, to be honest. Why? Why? What happened? Um, I saw that Flash trailer, and there's a moment where cool. there's a moment where he jumps off the the railing or whatever and flies down and takes out that dude, yeah. and then does that spin, and I was like, oh, that feels that to me. That's that's a lot of nostalgia though because I grew up watching Keaton on VHS and like that was my first Batman that I ever saw sure. and I I don't know for me like we grew up with Christian Bale and everything but I saw that in the trailer and I was like oh that's my Batman like I haven't like that's a Batman I haven't seen in like decades for sure and so I just got that feeling I was like that's Batman like he's back and then he stands up in that one shot and it's like he doesn't move his neck or what, you know, because that cowl doesn't let him move his neck. There, you know, that's purely nostalgia, but I'm excited for him to come back in The Flash this summer. And, uh, yeah, so he's now bumped up to the number one. But this list always fluctuates. It does and always fluctuate. changes, yeah. Do you think Pattinson has a chance to make his number one? Do you give him a shot? He would have been my number one. Okay. I think. Okay. Him and, yeah, this whole list would have changed. That's awesome. Good to know. Uh, I love I love Pattinson. In what do you want to see them do next in the next, bat, in the next Batman with Pattinson? What do you want to see? Oh, man. I... There's talk about Mr. Freeze coming in. I don't know. But the city and the water yeah. kind of makes sense, right? That would be it's cool. an easy segue into the – yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. But I don't know if that's going to work with the realistic tone that they've set, the super realistic tone. Right. I don't know if that's going to work. I would love to see Mr. Freeze though. Okay, sure. cool. Yash, who's your favorite Batman all time? Who's number one? Who's the best Batman to you? Yash is like a part of the show now, so go ahead, bro. <laughs> Get in here. Well, uh, I know you guys are talking about like the cinematic shit, but I just went back to um, HBO Max and I've been watching uh, Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys seen those. I've seen a few. Oh, yeah. Dude, I don't know. It's just I like it. I like Terry McGinnis uh, as a character. Yep. But if we're talking cinematic, it's got to be Bale, bro. Yeah. He's badass. Very good. Very good. Sure. We can't we can't leave the show without having him give his answer. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna have you do a quick top three of movie directors right now before we get to your closing question. But and you can give a little feedback, but those, and then we'll hit the closing question, and we'll let you go out of here, dude. Top go clean some three, shit. Three top three. Prep alive. The cleaning, the cleaning is done. <laughs> the cleaning's the cleaning, done. The cleaning is done. Um, top three. Uh, is in any order? So I just name yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Name them. Any order. Whatever you want. I would say right now that are making movies. David Fincher. What movie do you like most of his? Oh, either probably The Social Network. Okay, is probably my favorite. Okay, because it's got Andrew Garfield. I'm a big Great. Andrew Garfield fan. Yep. Um, Steven Spielberg is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Um, he still continues to this day to make amazing films. He was a pioneer. In, you know, he made Jaws, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, he's just a Indiana Jones, right? Like there, he's great he, He's a part of film history, so he's probably number one. Um, he's on the Mount Rushmore of right. this, right? And then, obviously, I don't know. We have David Fincher, probably number two for me. 
okay. um, just because he he blends he 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 came up in a visual effects background, so that's what he worked on uh, VFX for Return of the Jedi. That's how he started, and wow. then he directed Alien Three, and then kind of became a director. Um, so there's kind of a kindred spirit there. Where it's like, oh, you started in VFX, and like that that would be nice if my career emulated something like that. I'm never going to be as big as him. And don't say never. Hey, on Adam's Plus well, One, we yeah, don't say. Yeah, never say never. <laughs> we don't say that. But we, go ahead. We don't say that. But <laughs> I'm not going to let you. I'm going to be that friend that says, like, "I don't like the way you're talking about yourself right now. You can do it. I appreciate. So when you I make it big, you can come back and be like, "Hey, remember when Adam told me I could do it? Yeah, it's documented now. Uh, and then let's see, man. Let's see. Sam Raimi, probably, in terms of my favorites. You, it was the first name that popped your head earlier that you talked about. Yep. Why? So, uh, he came from the bottom up. So he made a lot like Evil Dead and like worked at a very small independent budget um, and just did a lot of creative things and kind of wore a lot of different hats. And then obviously made Spider-Man, which I know we've talked about. You guys, you guys thought I was a Spider-Man fan. I am a big, 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 big Spider-Man I was fan. doing Spider-Man prep. I was. <laughs> I prepped the whole thing on the Spider-Man. We, we talked about Harry Potter. <laughs> I love uh, it. But no, uh, Sam Raimi directing that first Spider-Man film, which was also a huge inspiration for me. So yeah. um, anytime, and he, you know, he came back into Doctor Strange. The second Doctor Strange I was very excited. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. Cool. All right. I'm going to hit the closing question. Before I do, Yash, who's your number one right now, director? Myself. Awesome. I fucking love Yash, man. We knew that. You was, know what? We, we, that, that's the that's a standard answer there. Yash said himself, and you need that confidence. Honestly, if you're mm-hmm. going to make it in anything, you need that confidence right there. Mm-hmm. And, and some people don't like it. I like it. So good for you, Yash. Okay. Tyler, before we get to the closing question, you don't, by the way, listeners, closing question we're doing it every time moving forward. It's the only question that he didn't know was coming, although there were questions he also didn't know were coming, I guess, because it's natural conversation. But before we do, will you just let everyone know your social and your YouTube page? Because yes. if they want to go look at your stuff, you're very creative. You never know who's going to listen to this. They might want to work with you, et cetera. Go ahead. Definitely. Uh, so on Instagram, it's tbabedits, T-B-A-B-B edits. That's my Instagram handle. And then on YouTube, you just type in Tyler Bab, and it's the first channel that pops up. I'm right there. Beautiful and like, like and just heads up. These episodes will be on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. We'll get those when I when I post these. We'll make sure we get your stuff out there so people can click on that. Cool. Closing question. Here we go. I've had a lot of fun. I've had. You know what? Drum roll. roll? Let's see. Bottom left. Bottom left. The director doing his work. All right. Closing question. Yeah. All right. I had to think about this one for you, man. I really did. I knew we were going to talk about a lot of different things. And this question is interesting because as a kid, I would think about this for myself. But you're, this is going to be, I think it'd be fun to hear what your answer is. If you could wake up tomorrow and you were living in any universe of comics, of anything, cartoons, oh, all right. as any character, who would you wake up tomorrow and what universe and what character would you be? And it's your, that's your reality. Uh, pre-existing universe? Anything you want, man. Totally up to you. That's an interesting question. I would say probably the Sam Raimi Spider-Man universe, to be honest with you. And you'd be Spider-Man. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude. That, that would, yeah. That would be, I, I love the, the, he was able to blend the nostalgic of the, of the comics, right? He was able to, I think rep, just like Tim Burton was for the, for the first Batman movie, you were able to bring the comic sensibility onto the big screen. Um, 
And yeah, I think that'd be that. And then obviously Harry Potter might be like right, the second. Right there. The second area that I would be in because it's a fun universe to live in. But uh, And it sounds like, man, like yeah. there's characters I really connect with. And, you know, we're, we're big. You're clearly a big fan of his. It sounds like there's a deep connection there for you from a young age. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's, you know, and I, I think we lived in such a great time, like I said, with the Harry Potter uh, films coming out. Um, but there was a lot from the moment we were born, pretty much. There's so much in terms of the filmmaking industry. There's been so much progression in terms of VFX and storytelling um, that's happened, and so much you know innovation just in our within our lifetime. So it's in, just in terms of filmmaking in general, it's been such a fun field to just kind of be involved in because it's ever changing. Right. And I and I kind of diverted. I Don't worry off, about it. I went off into a tangent. Go but, for it. Um, I'm just happy to do. I'm I'm very happy to be in the field that I'm in because it's and and we just talked about the AI thing. Yeah, go ahead. It's like we don't know where that's going to lead us, and that's exciting. It is exciting. Right? This this industry never gets stale, and you always got to be on your toes, and you always got to like learn new things. And I think that's what I really love yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, thank you for your closing answer. I love that, and I really appreciated something that you said today, which was that which was about being happy, mm-hmm. being passionate about something. And it's very powerful. Being around you for the last hour and a half or so, I can tell that, man. And it's been an honor to sit down with you. And I look forward to the music video that's coming out. I look forward to all your work. I love engaging with you on social media, dude. So I don't know if you knew how geeked out I was about this, but this was such a fun time. Thank you for coming on. We love love the support and we we appreciate the donation that you'll make to the YMCA. Again, it was an honor, man. So I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. All right, guys. Adams Plus One, Episode 5. We had Tyler Evan Babb on. You can catch us on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music. But who listens to Amazon Music? Have a great day. Appreciate you guys. Take care, guys. Thank you. Boom.